Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make Welcome, everyone, to The Catch on Blog Talk Radio, uh, another episode of uh, The Catch, where we get to meet a new person, somebody uh, exciting with some thinking maybe that we haven't done yet, and uh, help put things together for us, Christians who are out in the real world, in the marketplace, uh, we love to hear from these people. This is so much fun, and I love this every week. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do, mainly because I get to uh, connect with all of my favorite people all over the country and talk to them for a while and also share them with you. And uh, tonight is no exception uh, whatsoever, especially talking about trying to Make the world a better place, like the opening of my song there. Um, uh, this guy's involved um, in a, a a trust, a a funding uh, company that that uh, basically gives away money. So he gets to give away money to people who are doing valuable, important things um, in in the world, in the marketplace, and um, uh, I can't think of anything more fun. Um, and uh, he gets to follow up with these people. And, and I've known this guest for some time. Uh, met him way in the beginning when I was uh, doing music and singing at, at uh, uh, universities and, and Christian colleges and various places all over the country. Uh, that's when I that's when I met Steve, but uh, I've been, been uh, good friends ever since. And uh, uh, he is now the CEO of Murdoch Charitable Trust in uh, Vancouver, uh, Washington. And so you please uh, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, uh, Steve Moore. Steve, welcome. Thanks so much, John. It's great to get to be with you. Anytime I get a chance Thanks. to be a part of something you're doing, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I mentioned how we got started. I I do want to go back there uh, just a little bit because, um, you know, your early uh, experience was involved in the academic world for some time and mainly, primarily uh, from student ministry standpoint. And um, uh, you had some wonderful opportunities there. Can you just Tell us a little bit about that period of that of your life and and how what sticks out in your memory and and do you miss working with students? You know, I just love to hear you talk just a little bit about uh, the those years. Yeah, that's great. And uh, yes, I, I started out working at Texas Tech University, a public university, the one of the three large 
public universities in Texas, and I was teaching uh, and also directing a campus ministry, a multi-denominational campus ministry at uh, Texas Tech. And uh, so it was a great opportunity to be a part of kind of in the campus and a part of the campus, but also uh, related to, a step removed from the campus. Uh, and so it was a terrific opportunity. We really uh, enjoyed our time there. Went on to work at uh, some other great institutions, Seattle Pacific University, and then Baylor University, and then ultimately at Asbury in Lexington, Kentucky. So just really yeah. had the privilege of working in private and public schools and to really be thinking for 20-plus years about the ways in which faith engage culture and the ways in which Christians might think about and seek to live in the world in which they're a part of. And so I had always had sort of uh, some streams of my life. One was kind of developing leaders. Another was mentoring young adults. Another was faith-engaging culture. And then another was really taking every thought captive to Christ. And so I was. Mm. what I found is, is all of a sudden, out of the clear blue, I get a call and an invitation to come to work at a private charitable trust called the M.J. Murdoch Charitable Trust in the Pacific Northwest. And it really was an opportunity for all those streams to come together in one place Hmm. because the trust is a general-purpose trust. Uh, We provide grants and programs to nonprofit partners all across the Northwest. We work in arts and culture. We work in education. We work in science research and science education, and we work in health and human services. And we're one of the few funders, few charitable foundations that does not discriminate against faith-based groups. We believe that faith-based groups are a part of our communities and our culture and should be a part of the weaving the fabric of a healthy and verdant culture. And so Mm -hmm. uh, we are not a religious organization, but we are an organization that serves broadly. uh, And we work with art museums. We work with scientific uh, research. We work with uh, mental health and rural hospitals and uh, colleges and universities and leadership development. And it's, uh, it's just an exciting place to be because we... We get to partner with some of the most amazing groups and amazing people. And so uh, it's just terrific to get to be a part of. Yeah, I I appreciated looking into it a little bit today. And um, uh, I think one thing I didn't realize is that uh, you're not not just giving money away. Um, You are are getting involved with these people. You're partnering with them in in a real way. So... So, uh, what does that what does that look like? I mean, um, are you are you involved in the ongoing work um, to a certain extent? And how could you keep up with all of that? That would seem a little yeah. bit overwhelming to me. <laughs> yeah, we we've got a great team of people. We've got a, a team of about twenty five people, and then a number of people who help ah. us on a variety of things. And uh, 
and we do partner. We don't actually get involved in doing the work. Our goal is really to help come alongside organizations and help them more effectively accomplish their mission. So usually when people first uh, come to the trust, they think, how can I get some money out of the Murdoch Trust? And we often, and so they often want to do what we call vision transfer or dream transfer. They say, here's our vision of what we're trying to do. Isn't that cool? Don't you think you ought to give some money to that? And, you know, <laughs> is that a way we could uh, work together? And, you know, we say, you know, we love your mission, but really uh, what we're more interested in is how effectively you accomplish your mission. And so we want to help you build your capacity to be a more effective organization. And that's really what our ultimate goal is, is to help uh, work. We don't need uh, recognition. We don't need to be uh, have something named after us. We don't need to do any of those kind of things. We simply want to help you be more effective at fulfilling your mission. That usually is a hard thing for people to to understand, uh, because that's not always the case. Uh, and uh, But it's a really great thing. And so we, we do develop ongoing relationships with organizations and with leaders. Uh, one of the very first grants that was made to in uh, from the Murdoch Trust was made in 1975 to a group called Albatina Kerr. Uh, it's a group that works with uh, people that are in very difficult uh, economic situations and very difficult, uh, often mental health uh, things. And that was one of our very first grants. We just made another grant to Albertina Kerr. They're a longtime partner. So from 1975 to 2017, we've made probably uh, seven or eight grants over the years to help them build a new facility, start a new program, uh, add a person to help them uh, raise money or add a mental health expert, that kind of thing. Steve, are there are there types of, uh, say, types of works or nonprofits that you guys would maybe have a tendency to to fund and and most other organizations might not? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a lot of foundations uh, discriminate against faith-based groups. They they don't they sort of have this fearfulness that somehow if they fund a faith-based organization, that they might be promoting religion in some way. And I understand those fears. I think they're uh, sometimes there is a, a some legitimacy to that concern. But what we have found is that if you think of the world we live in as an ecosystem, then you have to nurture all aspects of the ecosystem. And for the ecosystem to be healthy means that the the whole part of it uh, is healthy. So, for example, if you think of serving the homeless, there was a recent study done by Baylor University on serving the homeless in 11 major cities in the United States. And what they found is about 65% of the most effective 
service to the homeless occur by Christian-based homeless organizations, a, a union gospel mission or a rescue huh. mission or one of those, and that they do very effective work uh, at not only serving the immediate needs of the homeless, but helping homeless people move from homelessness into uh, moving their lives uh, back into a productive place. And so this research demonstrates that some of the organizations that serve the homeless are secular. Some are faith-based. Some are a blend and may have both. But we need all of them. We need an ecosystem working with government leaders, uh, working with uh, educational leaders, working with nonprofit leaders, faith-based leaders, churches, and many others. And so that's how we like to think in all the different areas in which we work is we like to think ecosystem. Mm -hmm. How do we nurture all the parts of the ecosystem? So – you do not work. You do not certainly work with just faith-based groups. No, well, in fact, they only make up about twenty percent of what we do. But about eighty percent of what we do is uh, with with groups of all different kinds, uh, and not strictly even Christian groups. We would work with uh, mm-hmm. oftentimes Jewish groups, Muslim groups, mm-hmm. and other groups that that are working for the common good. Uh, what we're trying to find is who are those groups that are working for the common good to help communities, help individuals, and help families thrive and flourish. Ah, that's fantastic. Um, uh, what, are, what, what are some of the uh, – can, can you name just one or, one or two maybe of your favorite um, – uh, groups that that you've worked with, maybe the most unique or something you've something you're just really proud to be a part of. Uh, yeah, that's made a difference. Right. Yeah. It's sort of like asking which one of your children are your fa- favorite children. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and not true. that not that the nonprofits are are our children, but just the fact that it's such a there's such wide diversity. Uh, for example, in Alaska, we recently helped with the Alaska State Fair as they expanded and developed uh, their facilities to be able to do some things. We worked with the Seattle Arts and Lecture Series, a great group. We worked with a group called Washington STEM, who have figured out a way to help make science and math more interesting for fifth and sixth graders, if you can believe it. And they know that if they do that, it helps them then when they get to middle school to to think that maybe it's cool to be a part of uh, math and science. There's a group in Seattle called uh, Hope Central who are working with refugee families in very creative ways, providing health care for, particularly for uh, immigrant uh, mothers. Uh, who are trying to figure out how to navigate mm. uh, the world that we live in. There's a, a great group uh, that's called All Hands Raised that's working in Portland and helping bring together business leaders, education leaders, teachers, nonprofits, and say, let's all get on the same page. Let's not work against each other. Let's work together. And it, I love it, the, the name, All Hands Raised. We're all in this together. 
let's help let's help uh, young people succeed. Uh, we help. A, we work with a group called uh, Windrider. Windrider is a new film company in Idaho that basically helps nonprofits learn how to tell their story well. And they're hmm. great. If you want to have a fun one, go to Windrider on the, their website and just see some of the cool stuff that Windrider has done. People in California would know the Pacific Coast Trail that goes all the way from Southern California up to Canada, and we've helped uh, with the Pacific Coast Trail to secure the land and to make sure that the trail is developed uh, all the way up the coast. And is a, a great, that's a great one that we just uh, love and have seen. That's great. Uh, we wow. worked with camps. We just made a big grant to the new Museum of the Bible which is in Washington, D.C. It will open in December. Uh, it is going to be a museum like no other. It's just it will be a state-of-the-art museum with uh, incredible technology, some of the most important religious uh, manuscripts in the world that have been done throughout history. Uh, they'll have exhibits from the Israeli Museum. They'll have exhibits from other world-class museums around the world that will come to Washington, D.C. and be exhibited and available right there in the area of the Smithsonian. Uh, and so we're wow. very excited about the work that's been done on the Museum of the Bible. It's not a hokey, kind of a religious, yeah. pre preaching kind of a deal. It's a state-of-the-art, real-deal, terrific museum. It's one that people are going to want to plan to go see. Wow. Yeah, whether you're a Christian or not. Absolutely, yeah. It's just it's because uh, uh, the Bible and other uh, religious literature mm -hmm. has had such an impact on the way we understand the world. And so it's just part of being an educated person wow. and part of being uh, is, is to really understand that and how it connects. And it's right, you can literally see the new African-American Museum right across the way from it. So you'll have oh, great. two very important museums uh, uh, that we've been involved with that are right there next to each other. Just really terrific. I'll tell mm -hmm. you about one more, John, that is a really great one, and that is we helped an organization called the Foundation for Healthy Relationships and Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. They, they wanted to mm -hmm. create a tool that could be done online that would help uh, couples that are thinking about getting engaged or have recently got engaged and to help them as they think about their relationships to make sure that they launch their relationship in a healthy way. And uh, hmm. the, the uh, leaders, Les and Leslie Parrott, have just done such a terrific job on this. And that's another one that's worth going online and seeing, uh, the saving your marriage before it starts. And it's... Uh, the tool they've created mm. is just fantastic. Uh, even though uh, one of my children, uh, who, who are now adults, uh, recently got married, and they went online and did it, and they just said, this is the coolest thing in the world. They loved it. <laughs> wow, that is great. Um, here's a question that just popped in my mind, and this may may really put you on the spot, uh, but it just it just crossed my mind 
because you move in so many circles, um, faith-based and, and secular and across the board, have you, have, have you been surprised uh, at where you find Christians or where you don't find them? Um, does that question make sense? Yes, absolutely. And, and I would say that I have certainly been surprised. But I, in in some ways, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, there was there's a New York Times uh, uh, editorial writer Nicholas Kristof, uh, who is not yes. a person of faith, and he recently, in one of his uh, editorials, wrote that he said, you know, I've been to some of the the worst refugee camps, some of the most difficult places in the entire world, where horrible things are happening. And he said, the only thing I find that they all have in common is that there's always people of faith there that are trying to do something good. And that's kind of the, in a way I would say it's very similar uh, to my experience that, you know, having traveled the world and having traveled the Northwest and, and in all these widely diverse group of nonprofits, to see that there are people of faith there and people of faith working right alongside in partnership uh, with people who may not share that or who may have another faith. And people that, as mm-hmm. I said before, are working for the common good, for the flourishing of the city, for the flourishing and uh, thriving mm-hmm. of people. And I think that's just such a wow. great, great thing. So encouraging. That is a great, that is a great opportunity. Um, one thing uh, I appreciate about you so much, Steve, and you alluded to this a, a little bit at the beginning as one of the strains in your life that's always been important, and that being uh, faith and, and, and engaging culture. Um, you've always been involved in, in think tanks. So you, you, you invited me up there for one um, that I yeah. still – I still remember it was so such a great experience, mainly, mainly because I hardly ever get a chance to just be around a group of people who are doing nothing but thinking and talking, no agenda, you know, just just seeking to um, share what we're discovering and learn from each other. And, um, yeah. you know, these are gatherings that that I, I know that you've been involved in a lot and uh, – that help you think through what's going on in the world. Um, so let me ask you on those lines, because uh, I, I want to be sure and get into this uh, with the time we have left. Um, yes. What do you see as the What do you see as the big issues today uh, with Christians in the world? Um, what, what are we missing, or what do we need to address? Um, yes. Great. Great question. Yeah. That's a great question. And I would say that the there's there's two or three that I think are front and center. I think the fracturedness in our culture uh, that has come, I think the election in some ways <laughs> is, and the results of the election, are more of a manifestation of the fractures that are already there than they are the cause of it. And I think Hmm. that it's something that we've just got to pay attention to and ask ourselves, 
how do we build bridges instead of build walls? How do we bring healing instead of cause pain? Uh, we often uh, will get criticized in our work by groups on the extreme left or the extreme right, and they will try to point out one grant they didn't like or one group that they don't like, and they'll try to, oftentimes they'll misrepresent it, but they try to tear down, you know, what's, uh, what others are doing. I think that what we've got to do is to, is to build some bridges and to say, how are we uh, agents and ambassadors for a way forward? And I think, you know, it's a, it's a tragedy. I, uh, I hate to say this, but I think that our president has not been helpful with some of the, the kind of ways in which he has tweeted. Uh, it seems mm-hmm. that there may be somewhat of a turn of a corner in some of the, the vitriolic uh, language that has been used in the past. I hope so. I hope that's mm-hmm. the case mm-hmm. because we need more examples of uh, those kinds of ways of moving forward. I understand that he wants to be positive. He wants to do positive things. But in order to do that, it it doesn't mean you have to demean the people you disagree with. Right. Right. So, so I, that's, well, that's what so I'm, I'm hopeful. I think that I think the other is I think we've got to figure out. Uh, we were in the greatest humanitarian crisis in the recent history of the world, and I think we have to figure mm. out. How do we uh, both extend hospitality, but how do we nurture economic development in countries uh, around the world so that they, in turn, people don't feel like they have to flee their country. They can Hmm. stay right in the country they love and flourish there. And so I think, you know, through cultivating education, cultivating economic development, Mm -hmm. cultivating uh, political stability, cultivating leaders and uh, literacy and health. Those are the kinds of things that help uh, other countries uh, thrive and to uh, help the people in their country to flourish. I sure hope that this, this can happen. Uh, Yeah. I, I just read an article uh, yesterday, actually, um, in the L.A. Times about, uh, well, it was someone's opinion who had a lot of experience in South America, especially Honduras and some of those areas, Guatemala, where most of the people who are coming across the border are coming from. They're, they're not all coming from Mexico. A lot of them are coming from uh, places like Honduras and, and Guatemala. And uh, where things are worse off, and yeah. um, and 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 his whole point was, you don't solve this with a wall. You you solve this by trying to solve the systemic problems that are there in the country to begin with. And he pointed out, for instance, um, some actual work that had been done. I think it was in in uh, Guatemala or one of those countries. Um, with with uh, youth and helping to stimulate young people to uh, better situations of learning, and um, they they took, in other words, they took some of the things they learned from 
from here and took them down down there and put them into practice and um they they were able to then when they did this it spent about a year or two working on this they could actually see a drop almost of 50% in the number of people who are going across the border because oh, that's what was happening is yeah these kids they 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 were not they were avoiding getting into drugs they were avoiding you know um the 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 kinds of things that created all continue to create the problems and they they also help them provide some ways of uh stopping the the criminals um because of course in a very legal in a place where criminals are running free if you tell on somebody you know it's going to be you you're going to get hit and you know and and so they figured out ways in which people could anonymously identify criminals and keep themselves safe in the process and they cut cut it in half you know in other words what can we do in these countries just like you said to keep people from having to get out yeah, it's, it's just such an important thing, John, and and it's what we were talking about earlier about ecosystems. Uh, I think you mm. know there's just basic blocks, uh, building blocks to a good ecosystem. I mean, in some countries, just having clean water is a basic building block. Having an infrastructure like roads and electricity. For others, it's a matter of having uh, you know businesses, having uh, you know micro businesses and medium sized businesses that that allow for people to mm-hmm. uh use their gifts and their talents to help build their own prosperity and build their own uh well being and development. Uh, we all know that how well, important that is. Well well um Steve, this has been wonderful. Uh, I, I want to give you. I want to ask you one more thing, and then we'll, our time's going to be up here. Um, but uh, leave us, <laughs> leave us with some hopeful word. And and I'm going to put this in context with, um, uh, you know, Oz Guinness uh, was one of our guests about a year ago here on on the Catch uh, Blog Talk Radio, and that's when his book, uh, The Global Public Square came out and uh you know it's incredible uh a book where he's talking about how we need to get uh, discussion going uh, in the public square we need to and we need to take up our place there as christians supporting other religions freedom of religion in other words we are supporting all religions and none the right for people to have no religion, they get that right too. If we're going to have a right to speak, everyone has to have a right to speak. And so that's what he's trying to create. Boy, and I think of what do we have in the public square now, a year later, well, we've got Berkeley, you know, we've got violence. We've got these two sides going after each other. I mean, I know these are extremes, but still, it's like, you know, you look at Trump here, you look at uh, Brexit, and you look at what's happening in France. It's all the same kinds of influence. People are pulling in. They're scared. They want 
they 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 want the rest of the world to go away and uh boy it's just not going to happen what give us a hopeful word i mean yeah in the midst yeah that's of all right this, well Os- Osgiddis is one of yeah Osgiddis is one of my heroes too and uh, and uh Actually, another uh, pers- a British person, John Stott, uh, once said something that has been super helpful to me as a reminder and a real uh, an encouragement and a hope. And that is, he said, in God's economy, it's amazing how a mustard seed can make a significant plant that affects the world around it how a cup of cold water given has an eternal significance. And he said the, the great thing about uh, in the God's economy is, is that small, seemingly insignificant things, in fact, add up to be fruitful and to make a big difference in ways that are far beyond our imagination. And I know that in my life, and I would imagine in yours, John, and probably those listening, that that you can think of small things that you know were done that were encouraging to you that helped you that and there's small things you and I can do that build bridges that help begin to weave the fabric that has become frayed and to mm-hmm. move things mm-hmm. forward in a more positive way. Wow. Chief, I can't thank you enough. This was fun. And uh Enlightening. So, well, thank uh, God you bless so you much what for you, what uh, you're doing. Well, we appreciate it so much, and just appreciate so much what you're doing. So, thanks uh, for letting me be a part of it. Okay, all right, Steve. Um, God bless, and uh, I hope to see you again soon, sometime. We, I think we we, will we talk talked about that, didn't we? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And you're going to send yeah, me an email and just make sure that we get, get get you connected for our leadership conference. That'll be great. And I've got you another bet. idea I want you to bet. bounce off of you too about maybe being a part of a uh, a group of bloggers that we're going to uh, mm. ask to do some blogging. So, uh, oh, I like that. It's a, another kind of small way, but a, it, a way that we think might be really fun, and you'd be awesome at it. So. We'll look forward to talking. Uh, It sounds great. Okay, Steve, thank you again so much for being with us. Absolutely. This was great. Well, thanks for asking. (laughs) That's great. It's just great to talk to you. All right. All right. See you later. Well, there you go, folks. There you go. Isn't that good? That was good. Here's some some stuff to remember. It's a fractured world we live in. In that kind of fracturedness, that means more – more importance for us to be building walls, I mean, excuse me, building bridges instead of walls, um, extending hospitality. We talked about that. We talked about reaching out and, for the common good and supporting others who are helping uh, towards the common good. We want to support them too. And uh, believers, unbelievers, non-believers, uh, uh, other religions, we need to work with people if it's a positive thrust. And uh, and then the last thing Steve shared with us in 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 light of what seems to be overwhelming negative influences, sometimes it's the small things 
that will make a difference. And that's you and me in our daily life, focusing on the small things we can do in our little world to make it a better place. So there you go. Um, God bless you. I think this was great today. And uh, come back next week. Spread the word about Block Talk Radio. We've got backlogs of really great stuff. you got to go back through and listen to some of that. It's worth it. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week.